Hi everybody. Welcome back to Coffee, Crime, and Storytime. It's me, Danielle. How's everybody today? I am working to fulfill my promise of being more consistent. To add a little humanity here, I'm currently recording while my son is singing at the high school commencement ceremony. Uh, Don't worry, I'm not a total bad mom. It's not his graduation. He's still got another two years to go. But I figured I'd make the most of my time since I'm relegated to the position of waiting parent. So, without further ado, let's discuss today's story. It's all about the Lonely Hearts Killers. It's January of 1949 in Amsterdam, New York. Mary Spencer is getting ready to spend some time with her stepmother. Her dad had previously passed away, but she remained close to her stepmother, Janet Fay, who by now was in her early 60s. Janet was on her way to visit Mary so that she could finally introduce her to her new boyfriend, Charles, and Charles's sister, Martha. The visit goes pretty well. Uh, Janet talks to Mary about how she's been introducing her new boyfriend to some of her friends. Charles is a successful businessman. Uh, Apparently, he spent most of his childhood in Spain, and basically, Janet is just head over heels. But there's something that's mildly alarming to Mary. Charles is about 30 years her stepmother's junior. I'm not throwing any shade on age differences in dating, but for Mary, it was just, you know, a little out of the uh, realm of what she thought would be happening. The meeting, you know, goes well. The visit ends. And later in January, Mary gets a letter from her stepmom, Janet, and the letter reads as follows. My dearest Mary, you may think I am mean for not writing to you any sooner. Please excuse me, for I have been so busy going and seeing so many different places and also doing much shopping. I am all excited and having the most wonderful time of my life. I've never felt as happy as before. I soon will be Mrs. Martin and then we will go to Florida for the winter. Mary, I'm about to ask you a great favor. I would like you to call the American Express Agency and have them ship my trunk and boxes that I have there to me. The address is on the various stickers that I am enclosing in the letter. I would like to sort out many things before I leave for Florida. I am so happy and contented, for Charles is so good and nice to me and also his family. They have done everything to make me feel more comfortable and at home. I will close now with my best wishes and love for you both and love and kisses for the children. I really do miss you all, but I am sure that my prayers have been granted to me by sending this wonderful man to me. God bless you all. Janet J. Fay. But here's the thing. Mary doesn't feel like this letter sounds like her stepmom. Also, she finds it odd that the letter is typed out. It's not in her stepmom's handwriting. 
the reason it's weird is because she knows that her stepmother has no clue how to use a typewriter. Letters also arrive to some of Janet's friends, and it's basically a surprise engagement announcement. And again, though, all the friends agree something doesn't feel right, so Mary goes to the authorities and tells them her suspicions and files a missing persons report. Here's where we find out that Janet was a member of something called the Lonely Hearts Club, which at the time was a male-based matchmaking service, basically meeting through personal ads. And Janet and Charles had only been responding since the day after Christmas. It's now January 11th. That's pretty quick to be getting engaged and leaving town, especially in the 1940s, but maybe that's just my own thought process. Eventually, Mary finds out that Janet's house has been sold and her bank account has been emptied out. But the police, well, they can't locate anyone. So now we're going to skip over to Byron Center, Michigan, and Delphine Downing, who is a young woman in her early 20s. Her husband had passed in a tragic accident, and she was a single mother to their two-year-old daughter. Neighbors were delighted when she finally had a visitor. He was a young man by the name of, you guessed it, Charles Martin. Oh, and his sister, Martha. Everything seems great according to the neighbors, until it doesn't. They begin to become suspicious, and after a while, no one's seen Delphine or her daughter in days. So they call the police. When they arrive, no one's there, and instead of leaving right away, they decide to wait. And eventually, a man and a woman show up. It's Charles and Martha. They tell the police that uh, Delphine and her daughter have gone to Detroit, but the police are looking inside the house and they can see all these packed bags like someone is moving out, you know, not going somewhere to visit. The police also discover that Charles has $4,000 on his persons. And again, this is 1949. So, but... What's also alarming, aside from the $4,000, is that he also has a list of names. Police search the house, and they discover that a portion of the basement has new, wet cement laid down. Well, they dig, and eventually uncover the bodies of Delphine and her two-year-old daughter, Raynell. The pair are arrested, and they actually confess immediately. But goodness, they are not prepared for the story that's about to unfold. Charles Martin is actually Raymond Martinez Fernandez, and Martha Beck is not his sister, it's his girlfriend. Delphine had apparently uncovered some of the truth or had begun to get suspicious when Charles wasn't the man he had presented himself as in his correspondence and letters, and the pair had to act fast. 
Apparently, Delphine had confided in Martha that she might be pregnant with Charles's baby, and Martha gave her pills to, forgive the expression, take care of it. The pills, though, were actually sleeping pills. Charles then shot her, and they buried her in the basement. Two days later, they drowned two-year-old Raynell, and they laid her to rest with her mother. Raymond goes on to tell the police about the list of names that he had on his person. The list has 17 names of women across 12 states, and there are check marks next to some of the names. This was a ploy to steal money and assets from valuable women. Thankfully, it appears some of the women did make it out alive, um, but not everybody was able to be located. The pair state that they never meant to kill anyone. It was simply to steal. It was something they had been doing for years, and Raymond, a.k.a. Charles, admitted to having killed either 19 or 20 women. Martha states that she only knows about three murders. Delphine, her daughter Raynell, and Janet Fay, our woman from the beginning of the story. Martha states that she had become angry when Janet had begun seducing Raymond, and Janet slapped her. So she said in retaliation she grabbed a hammer and attacked Janet, but she did not kill her. She states that Raymond came in after and strangled Janet with a scarf. They then put her body in a travel trunk, which they kept in their apartment for 10 days. Eventually, they dug a hole in the basement of another property they rented, disposed of the trunk, and filled the hole with fresh cement, just as they did with Delphine and her daughter. The police in Michigan contact the police in New York, and the authorities in New York are able to locate Janet's body based on this info. And unfortunately, Mary had to identify her stepmother's remains. Martha Beck, Raymond's girlfriend, was actually one of Raymond's original victims, so to speak. She had met Ray through the Lonely Hearts Club. Uh, he had corresponded to her ad, of course, under the name of Charles. But when he arrived, he discovered that Martha didn't have anything worth stealing, basically, and he left. But Martha didn't leave it at that. She followed him. She took her two children, and she tracked him down. And Raymond was actually okay with it. Well, okay with it except for one facet. The kids. He told her that she needed to get rid of them. Thankfully, she didn't do anything nefarious, so to speak, to the children. Um, they were still alive. But she abandoned her children at a local Salvation Army. And that was that. She teamed up with Ray and his scheme. And they became partners. But Raymond really did have something on the side as well a whole different life. Remember where Janet had told her daughter that Raymond, or Charles, had hailed from Spain? Well, he really did. And back in Spain, he had a wife, 
and four kids that were waiting for him. The number of their victims remains unknown for positive. On August 18, 1949, they were both found guilty and sentenced to death for the three murders that we're discussing today. March 8, 1951, they were both executed at Sing Sing via the electric chair. Raymond's last words were, I want to shout it out. I love Martha. What do the public know about love? Martha's last words to the media were, My story is a love story, but only those tortured with love can understand what I mean. I was pictured as a fat, unfeeling woman. I am not unfeeling, stupid, or moronic. In the history of the world, how many crimes have been attributed to love? Social media has opened the doors for scammers, murderers, and all over 'er ne'er-do-wells. But the Lonely Hearts killers? Well, they were some of the originals. Well, folks, what do you think? Have you ever tried a dating app or using the personal ads? Have you had a not-so-great experience, or maybe you had a really good one? Tell me all about it. Or, if you have another story you'd like to tell me, or one you'd like to hear, you can email me at coffeecrimestorytime at gmail.com. The podcast can be found on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, and TikTok. There's also a Patreon page set up, and I'm preparing some goodies for you there. If you like what you hear, please consider supporting the podcast so I can keep it in regular circulation with a little more ease. Ratings and reviews are also extremely appreciated. I'm going to get to work on our next episode and get a cup of coffee as soon as I'm done momming. And as always, until next time.